Liverpool Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. How are you, folks? It's another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. And for this one, I'm going to be pulling out an interview from back in 2008. I think it was 2008. This is with a songstress named Sarah Tollerson. She's a singer, songwriter, guitarist, recording artist. This interview was done around the time of her debut album being released. The album called Keeping Old Love Letters. We did this interview at a music venue in a place called Winder, Georgia. Winder is somewhere in between Atlanta and Athens, Georgia. It's owned, or run rather, by Tom Tollerson, also a musician, and also someone that I have interviewed. If you haven't heard the music of Sarah Tollerson, she's still out there doing her stuff. I really suggest you check her out. Great songs, great songwriter, great performer. She's in Savannah, Georgia, I understand, at this time. And who knows, maybe our paths will cross again. Feels good to pull these old interviews out there. They've just been sitting there, broadcast one time, never to be heard again until now. Enjoy. First of all, a big thank you on behalf of our listening audience to Ms. Sarah Tollerson for being our special guest. Sarah joins me here at the classic Winder, Georgia venue, 106 West, located at 106 West Athens Street in historic Winder, Georgia. We'll be talking about her musical life, her songs, and the woman behind the music. So first of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I think most stories start best from the beginning. So my first question would be, how did music start for you? Oh my goodness. Music definitely started for me with my father, who's a musician and who's been playing guitar for over 40 years, um, among other instruments. And I don't even remember when I began to sing because music was so prominent in my house. And he would just play guitar and sing all the Beatles songs that I didn't know were Beatles songs at the time. And later I grew up and realized that they actually were not my dad's songs. And um, so I just sang forever and but wanted to be an actress till eighth grade when I started playing guitar. And then I wanted to be a musician ever since. <laughs> as far as musicians, what were your early musical loves? Oh, man. Um, well, I kind of followed the radio stations my sister was listening to. Um, it started with the all the 50s stuff on Fox 97, and I listened to that for a while, and uh, then kind of got into more poppy stuff. Star 94, <laughs> and uh, but eventually I think what I really think of as my influences is Jump Little Children, it's a really southeast-based band, um, and they just had great instrumentation and like a lot of heart in their vocals, and I don't know, I really grab onto that, but I didn't get into them until about eighth grade, but I, I really enjoyed Cake and The Beatles are probably my top two for you know, around middle school, and I really started understanding music. Your album, your debut album, Keeping Old Love Letters, has a lot of great songs on there. And I was hoping you could tell us about the opening track, Simple. Simple. Uh, well, Simple, I 
actually started, it started off as a song called Coffee Grinds. And the, the story is long and convoluted, but basically it all stemmed from um, a time when I was, I think, two or three years old. <laughs> this is not the story you would expect, but two or three years old, I was in church with my parents, and um, they, they let us out, and I somehow lost track of my dad, and <laughs> I know it seems, seems strange, but I lost track of my dad, and I kind of looked around and, um, and couldn't find him, but I looked down at, at all the men's shoes, and finally I saw this pair of shoes that were my dad's, and so I reached up and, and grabbed this person's hand and walked out and was standing in the front of the church, and the man was talking to my mom, and eventually my mom looks down at me and says, look whose hand you're holding, and it was not my dad. And so that's really, that's the second verse of Simple. Um, it takes it to a much deeper level, I guess. You've got to pay attention to the ones you hold on to. Um, but I uh, started as the, the song Coffee Grinds, and then I co-wrote it with my friend Mike Willis, and it became the song that it is now. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. <laughs> You've been called a young Joni Mitchell, and I'm sure you're fine with that. <laughs> I consider her one of the finest songwriters out there. So who, as far as just songwriting, would you say is one of the absolute best? Wow. should be easy. Just come up. Um, honestly, one of my favorite songwriters that I've encountered, or, or most of my favorite songwriters right now, are people I've come across at Berkeley, and the person I co-wrote with, Mike Willis. Um, just really any songwriting that really comes from the heart. I really love Damien Rice. Um, Counting Crows, oh, that should have been my number one answer, the lyrics. Um, the Counting Crows songs are just amazing, and so much heart in that. Um, so, I don't know, just, that's the most important thing. <laughs> I have to agree, I think Counting Crows is a very underrated band. Definitely. They definitely had some great songs, have some great songs. <clears throat> you just mentioned Berkeley. When you're not in Winder, Georgia, you're also up there in Massachusetts, and I really love Boston. What have you found the music scene to be like up there? Oh, goodness. Uh, so far, the music scene has been uh, somewhat of a challenge because it is uh, very flooded with a lot of people like me. And um, it's going to a music school, it's harder to get your own friends interested to come out to the shows, which, you know, it's just all part of it. You're not a, you're not a novelty when all of your friends are musicians. Um, but... Uh, I mean, it's definitely, there's definitely plenty of places to play. It's just a matter of getting people there. <laughs> it's a little more difficult, but I definitely enjoy the city. The title of your album, Keeping Old Love Letters, I think that's kind of a nostalgic, kind of almost melancholy title. So how'd you decide on that title? Well, that was fun. Um, the night... When we were in the middle of the album, I had my sister do the photo shoot for the album. And, you know, I'd been told as a female singer-songwriter, you really wanted to have your picture on the front. It just captures attention or whatever. But I didn't just want it to be something that, you know, just 
just was me. I wanted to kind of say what the album was about or just kind of have more of a purpose than just blastering my face on the cover. But we hadn't titled the album yet, and so me and my sister sat around brainstorming, and I actually um, went home and Googled some of the lyrics of my favorite songs, and definitely I was looking through Counting Crows lyrics. The album was almost called Summer's Almost Here from the Counting Crows song Up All Night. Um, but we decided that wouldn't be appropriate since the album was being released at the end of summer. <laughs> Didn't really quite fit. But uh, Keeping Old Love Letters kind of branched from um, the Boz Lerman song. It was like a graduation song or something. And it's spoken word for the most part. What is it called? Uh, I can't even think of what it's called right now. But... Um, he says, keep your old love letters and throw away your old bank statements. And so my sister was like, keep your old love letters. That's great. And we shot the cover and everything. And then I told my band about the title. And then they thought it, it kind of sounded like you were telling the guy to just, you know, keep your old love letters. Like, I don't want those. And I was like, oh, no, that's not what I mean at all. I mean, hold on to, you know, all the love you receive and everything. And so one of them suggested keeping old love letters. And so it just all kind of fell together. And got the the cover with the love letters on the front and me. <laughs> the first time I saw you perform was at 106 West, and that's where this interview is taking place. And it's a very interesting place. I The first time I went in there was the time uh, you were having your, your release party performance for the new album, Keeping Old Love Letters. And it has a very interesting feel to it. It looks like an old building, but it has a lot of character to it, and not only has performances here, but there's also a music school here. Mm -hmm. So tell us about this venue. Tell us about this building. Oh, man. Well, it's amazing. Um, this building is actually over 100 years old, an old church, and at least the actual sanctuary part where those shows take place. And... Uh, the, the back, I'm not sure when that was added on, but basically my parents just always had a dream of owning a music venue, and when I was about to go into 10th grade around uh, 2001, 2002, somewhere in there, they decided to buy the place, and they started hosting shows here every week, and eventually it became a studio for my dad to pass on his wealth of knowledge. So tell us about your dad. Everything about my dad. <laughs> to give us the skinny on him. He is a musician because I remember he sang a duet with you. Uh, one of my all-time favorite songs. He sang with you uh, Someone to Watch Over Me. And then before that, he performed himself. And there's not many people that sing songs that are that style anymore. And that's a shame. Uh, almost like folk kind of music. So just give us a, a little background on him. Definitely. Uh, he, well, started playing guitar when he was about 14 years old and um, ran away to New Orleans when he was 17 to play in the folk clubs, and his military father eventually came back and brought him home. <laughs> but after that, eventually he joined a folk trio called the Kindred Spirit um, with people he's still good friends with today. And uh, they spent some time touring, and I think my dad's side of the story is they were just ready to 
completely take off, and one of the guys had to run off to California to try and win a girl back, and that was the end of the kindred spirit. But he's just been playing and teaching ever since, and he he sings, he plays guitar and banjo and um, keys, and he's just an all-around amazing musician. He writes, he transcribes. It's definitely my inspiration. My favorite song on the album is I'll Sneak Away. So I was hoping you could tell us about that one. Yes, I'll tell you about that one. <laughs> um, I wrote that um, in in May, this past May, 2007, and it was it was for an assignment for my lyric writing class. Um, but it's it I, it is a very personal song in that most people think that. It's kind of from my perspective, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be a true story, but it just is. <laughs> um, I kind of, I just decided to flip it around, and, and it's actually from the other person's perspective. And um, But I think it's definitely something that everybody can relate to, and either they've felt it or they've, they've been in the position of the other person feeling that way, um, where just you, you really love the person, but you know that it's never going to I don't know, and have a future, <laughs> if that makes sense. But um, it's it's definitely, it's one of my favorite songs, too, because it was extremely um, meaningful to me. Oh, interesting. What about you, just as far as your personal favorite? It's always hard, I know, for musicians to pick their favorite because songs, a lot of times I hear people say it's like their children. <laughs> but on the album, is there one in particular that you think this is my favorite overall I yeah actually I mean it's sometimes a running between I'll sneak away and also my other favorites definitely down the line um, those are coincidentally the two newest songs on the album so I don't know if that has something to do with it but um, I don't know I really I liked down the line um, I liked I don't know just kind of the idea of someone picking you out and you not really knowing, you know, how, how much your future held or whatever. But then on top of that, my band came along and just made this awesome arrangement. <laughs> I had no idea it was going to become just just what it is when I, I love what they did with it. You can't take all the credit, that's for sure. <laughs> One thing I remember from the performance that is also credited on the album, uh, you someone is credited as playing Buckets. Yes. So tell us about how that came to be. <laughs> the buckets. The buckets are on the song Addicted, and that was fun. We, for the, the time that that song's been born, we've been playing that. Um, my guitarist plays acoustic while I just sing, or if you know, I'm playing a solo show, I'll just play the guitar. Uh, but we really, we wanted to do more than that for the album, but we we tried and tried and practiced to kind of make something happen, and it's just the chord changes are the same in the verse and the chorus, so we just didn't really know how to how to change it up enough. And we're just like, let's just do something crazy. Like, Joe, bring some buckets. And so we got together with our engineer, um, Patrick Reeves, and uh, we hadn't practiced and tried what we were going to do. We just knew we were going to try with buckets and an upright bass and Trevor on acoustic guitar and me singing and uh and the, the engineer, Patrick, actually also played shakers and tambourine on it. And we set up in his living room, and 
tried a few takes, and I think it was the third or fourth take, and and just a live recording, and we went with that. We're very happy <laughs> with how it turned out. Another song I wanted to talk about from the album is Better. So tell us about the inspiration behind Better. Inspiration behind Better uh, was definitely my first love, and it was kind of the idea I um I I mean I fell in love when I was 16 and and so I didn't have too much experience before then but I'd always kind of you know had some sort of idea of what I thought being in love was going to be like or whatever and it just I was totally blown away when I actually did fall in love and and uh so the line you're so much better than the man I made plans for is not about anyone real it's just about the fictional person that you know I had in my mind that was going to come along and sweep me off my feet and the real thing turned out to be so much better interesting when someone hears you you perform or when they listen to your album what is it that you hope that the listener gets out of the experience hmm well I definitely I hope that they can relate um you know the album's definitely called keeping old love letters because that tends to be what I write about. I write about love. <laughs> and the whole album has an element of love in every song, some more straightforward than others. Um, and, yeah, I think that's the main thing. Just to, I want them to, to connect with it and hopefully help them get through whatever it is they're feeling and their, their angsty love experiences. Because <laughs> I, I wrote the majority of those songs, really, when I was a teenager still, so... You know, I think that a lot of um, younger people are being drawn to it for that reason. Is there anything on the horizons in the world of Sarah Tollerson? Anything on the horizon? Well, I'm going to graduate, <laughs> graduating college in August, and then I'll move on to the next city from Boston. And I'm thinking it's really between the, the big ones, New York or Nashville or L.A., and I... I like the idea of Nashville because it's close to home, and I like the idea of New York because it's so close to my Boston boyfriend. So L.A. is kind of on third on the list, but um, it's really just graduate and, and start promoting, start getting out there as much as I can. This is a very serious question, and I hope you're up for it. Okay. What is your all-time favorite meal? <laughs> all-time favorite meal? Wow. Well, southern food, southern food, anything. My dad made this blue cornbread the other day. It's amazing. Um, but really, I think I have to be honest with myself and answer spaghetti because my parents have just, they that was, you know, their big gourmet dish they made us when we didn't realize that spaghetti was super cheap and they were feeding it to us all the time because it was super cheap, but it was so good, you know, and uh it's the, one of the only things I know how to make besides pancakes, so <laughs> I guess by default, it needs to be one of my favorite meals. Not to pat myself on the back or anything, <laughs> but the more I ask that question, the more I'm always glad that I did. Yeah. Because you really, you get a lot of, more because food is so close to everyone's person. Really, <laughs> yeah, it is. that's awesome. You mentioned earlier about the fact that you're attending Berkeley. So tell us about that. How did how did that come to be, and what exactly is it you're studying? It's another fun story, again, involving 
Mr. Mike Willis. Um, basically, I first, well, senior year when I was trying to decide where to go, I, um, you know, was researching music schools, and I saw Berkeley, and immediately, without even really researching it, just saw the price tag and turned away, because it's a private school, and it's in Boston, so it makes it extraordinarily expensive, far beyond anything I could afford. So just kind of put my dreams aside and um, decided to go to UGA and go to the music school there. But uh, in August, you know, just a few days before I was getting ready to go, um, I, I met this man, Mike Willis, a musician at Eddie's Attic. And um, he came out and played at 106 West, and then he saw me perform also. And he asked me what I was doing for school, and I told him, oh, I'm going to UGA, I'm so excited, I'm going to be a music major. And he's like, don't go. Just don't go, you're going to hate it. And I was like, what? And I was kind of offended. And I was like, who's this guy? He thinks he knows what I'm going to like. And he's like, I, I did the same thing. I went to UGA. I was a voice principal, and I hated it. I went to Berkeley College of Music. Go to Berkeley. I was like, I can't go to Berkeley. Like, that's It's so expensive. And, you know, John Mayer went there, and all these all these amazing people went there. I, I couldn't possibly go there. And he's like, no, I, trust me, you could go. You're, you're definitely talented enough. So I still kind of pushed it aside, but I went to the music school, and and I, I definitely liked my experience there and learned a lot, but it just was so classically oriented, and that's not what I was interested in. I, I wanted to, to write original music and, and be able to perform it and do it in, in school. And um, so I, I just mentioned this to my voice teacher one day, and I remember the day, November 30th. I guess that would have been 2004. And uh, she was like, yes, yes, I've been wondering when you were going to notice. <laughs> like, you don't belong here. Go to Berkeley. You belong at Berkeley. I'll do anything I can to help you get scholarships and whatever. So since that day, I just made it a goal of trying to figure out how to get there and got a scholarship, got mad loans, <laughs> and uh, went up in January 2006 after I'd gotten a good amount of gen eds out of the way. So that's that's basically it. <laughs> I'd like to tell everyone out there to please check out Sarah Tollerson on the web. Uh, her website is www.sarahtollerson.com, and you can find out all about her and her album, Keeping Old Love Letters. But before we go, I have one last question. Since this broadcast is going out all over the world, what would you like to say to the world? Say to the world? Wow, that's big stuff. Um, please listen to me, <laughs> and I'll love you forever, and I'll love you forever even if you don't. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, uh, I'll, I'll keep writing as long as people keep listening. That's about it. Well, keep doing what you're doing. And, and I don't believe in luck, but I think that we make our own luck, and Definitely. I think you're going to do very well. So keep writing songs and keep performing because... This is obviously what you were meant to do. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks again. Thanks for having me. The Paul Leslie Hour is hosted, produced, and written by Paul Leslie for Lifestyles Entertainment and Media. The Paul Leslie theme song composed, recorded, and produced by Jeff Pike. Outro music composed, recorded, and produced by John Goodwin, originally appearing in the short film Malukas and Vulnerable Jelly Things. Please consider subscribing to the Paul Leslie Hour, and if you like us, give us a review. It'll help other people to find this content. 
All past interviews are also available on YouTube. For more information, you can visit thepaulleslie.com and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ThePaulLeslie. Thanks for listening. Be good.